When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wasner-Flynn, your co-host, Dimity. So nice to be back. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. We did a little detour to meditation and now we are back, but you have not stopped training for the Twin Cities Marathon. So give us an update on how those long runs and the weekday daily runs are going. Yeah, I mean, they're going pretty well. I'm still at it, which is good. You know, I didn't know if I could make it this far in the summer. And here we are now past Labor Day. The most recent runs I've done since I've chatted with you have been 19 and 16. So those are the biggies. I think that's it. I'm not going to go any higher. Um, I'm pretty confident I'll be okay. It's just the way that things have worked out. I've had some aches and pains. And so I've had to to walk it back a little bit, but right now I'm good. And, um, I hit 16 on Sunday with nine at my goal, like my top end marathon pace and felt really good. So I have a pretty big window as far as my goal goes. It's about 10 minutes. So I'm giving myself a lot of wiggle room, but I'm hoping to be on the the faster side, but we'll see. We'll see a little closer in, but yeah, I have um, that big window because I age up. So if Boston is my goal, I can qualify as the age I am now, or I can qualify as the age I'll be in two years. And so that gives me an extra 10 minutes. Buy one, get one, man. Go for I it. Know. I love it. I, I love it. I mean, you, you could have picked a better time to, to run, to go for it. So, and you know, yeah. what? like I said earlier, awesome if you nail it and it's going to be okay if you don't. I know it won't feel that way at the very moment, but the reality <laughs> is, is there's always another race and you're a very talented runner. So, um, oh, well, I, but we'll, like, we'll be sending you good vibes from the, from the sideline. We are hoping to have a cheer station somewhere on Gosh, it's not Summit. I think it's Grand. No, Grand. Uh-huh. I don't. Summit's on Summit. It's on Summit. We'll have a little AMR way station somewhere in the 20s. Yay! So we'll definitely okay. um, keep people updated on that. Also, I'm sure Sarah has mentioned it on the other podcasts. We're doing a live podcast on that Saturday before the race at the River Center. I don't want to give out a date, but if the marathon is on Sunday, then the live podcast is on Saturday. We'll be there at the Expo on Friday. So really looking forward to some time in the Twin Cities. And my quote unquote race, which is more like an event, is about a week before yours, headed to the Grand Traverse in Superior, which is up north near Duluth. Yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, we're going 21 miles, me and three friends that live in the St. Paul area. And I think it's going to be a long day. <laughs> I won't lie. I think uh-huh. it's going to be a little bit longer than I think I want it to be, um, as as most things are. But uh, it's going to be fun. And I've done some good training. I think I want to do one more kind of longish hike this coming weekend, mm-hmm. um, maybe down in Colorado Springs, go somewhere else to to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll be done and you'll be nervous. And so we can balance yeah. each other out in the <laughs> Twin Cities. <laughs> well, what is the, what's the terrain like there? I've, so like, I'm going to learn all about rocky. St. Paul. 
From what I understand, I've never, I have been on the Superior hiking trail, but for just little, you know, four and five mile hikes and it's far enough back that I can't really remember. I just know that it's definitely technical. Um, you know, I know people Mm -hmm. that have done races on them where they, where they were trail runs, you know, they were doing a marathon or a half marathon or whatever. And, um, a lot of it, it turned out to be more efficient to hike. Right. Because Mm -hmm. or bomb either because you were going to slip and maybe, you know, hurt something or it's just you just can't quite get a rhythm going. So, yeah. So we'll see. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah. We're going to not talk about running or hiking today, a little bit hiking, but not running except for transitioning out of running. We are going to actually have a great guest about walking. So while mm-hmm. this is another mother runner, we know that there are many women out there, including many of our listeners and even myself, who may identify as mother walkers or hikers, which is why we wanted to focus an entire episode on walking workouts. And no, walking workouts is not an oxymoron. You can indeed boost your health and fitness by walking. Even though it's routinely underrated, walking is linked to weight loss, lower blood pressure and cholesterol, better memory, and reducing heart risk for heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and more. And actually, Dimity, walking is kind of having a moment right now. I'm I'm not on TikTok. I don't think you are, right? No. <laughs> but as I was doing I was doing research for this show and I found the hashtag hot girl walk. And women have been posting their <laughs> daily walking workouts all summer long. And it's racked up something like 400 million views over the summer. So, yeah, it's totally a thing. All right. All right. <laughs> but we're not going to just talk about hot girl walking or casual strolls around your block. While any walk is obviously good for you, your mind, your body, your spirit, you're going to gain the biggest fitness boost when you're really hot footing out there at a moderate to intense but sustainable pace. You know, that one, like, we we feel like you need to put on a sports bra, right, before you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to talk about all things walking, we're bringing on Chris Freitag. She's a nationally known fitness expert who's been teaching, training, writing books, and speaking on the subject of health and fitness for the last 25 years. Chris is the founder of the digital platform GetHealthyU.com, and she's a personal trainer, health coach, Pilates trained, and yoga fit certified coming to us from Minneapolis. So welcome, Chris. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. So excited to have you, Chris. So Instagram feed, which we'll link to in our show notes, they'll see that you cover all types of workouts in your day-to-day. But you recently shared that you've become somewhat of a walking enthusiast, despite being initially skeptical of it as a workout. So what, what brought about that shift in perspective? Well, a couple of things. But first of all, the hot girl walk. So I told my kids, Ma, um, I'm going to do the hot grandma walk. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, Mom, don't do that. <laughs> I think you could totally start it. Go. Because I have I have a granddaughter and I'm going to be with her for five days and I'm going to be pushing her in the stroller. And I just, it's so funny because I just said to them, okay, I'm going to do the hot grandma walk. I'm going to record it. They're like, Mom, no. <laughs> so I'll be skipping that. Um, but all, all jokes aside. Um, I am a person who was a runner. I identified as a runner. I started running in my um, middle school years. Uh, now, I went to middle school in the 70s. So, you know, it was not a thing for women to exercise. I started running because track was like the one thing that I was like, oh, I can participate in that. I wasn't so good at like group sports. I wasn't like picked first on the soccer team or the basketball team, you know, and, um, and sports were just kind of becoming a thing for women. I started running. I loved it. I joined the track team in high school. 
loved it. I, and I found without knowing anything about the science that there was something about the endorphins releasing in my mental and everything. So fast forward, I ran all through college. Um, so running was the start of my fitness career. I was one of very few people I knew who exercised in the eighties in college. Um, and I graduated from college and I became hooked on group fitness, which used to be called dance aerobics. <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah, right. And so um, long story short, I became certified in aerobics. It just became my mode. I still was a runner, but I just loved the idea of group fitness. And then strength training became a thing for women kind of late 80s. And I really got into strength training, became a personal trainer. You know, so then I went through this whole thing with I have three kids and career and this and that. And running was still like my side thing. I loved running. Um, but in my late 40s, I guess it was like my late 40s, I'm turning 57. I started having some back trouble and some hip trouble. And listen, I still teach group fitness and I teach crazy classes. I teach circuits and intervals, hit classes, boot camps, indoor, outdoor. I mean, I love the intensity. And I was not having any problems with my hip, my knee, my back, nothing from that. But when I would go running and it was the constant pounding, I was having some major back issues. I went through a whole bunch of stuff, figured out what, you know, being a Pilates instructor, I know what to do. I started doing physical therapy daily. I have since then fixed my back. But in the meantime, I became a walker. Uh, and I had, like many runners probably do, I had a major identity crisis. Yeah, from not only feeling like lesser than, like, oh, I'm just a walker, to feeling like it wasn't really a workout, to feeling like I had given up or that I was a quitter, um, to feeling that I wasn't really athletic, like all those thoughts that go through your head, right? But since then, I've just become an avid walker. I'd say for the last eight years, I walk almost daily. It depends, but almost seven days a week. I use it as mental health. I use it as therapy with my girlfriends. I use it to walk my dog. I use it to listen to podcasts. I use it to burn calories. I use it to just feel good. And it has become a, a part of my fitness routine. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. Yeah. So you do mention identity crisis. And as I was telling you before, a lot of the women who weighed in on this topic mentioned something the same, especially if you're coming from a, a runner background like you did. How did you kind of navigate that shift? Was it just because you were getting so many benefits and you were feeling so good when you're out there walking and you just were able to embrace it? Well, a couple of things. I am a journalist at heart. I love to read. I love to write. I love to research. I love education and science. And so when I started realizing that I was walking more, I wanted to know more about walking, like walking for fitness, uh, walking for uh, mental health, all that good stuff. And I started researching a lot of things. I started realizing, I don't know if you're aware of the blue zones. You probably are familiar with Dan Butner. He's from the Twin Cities, <laughs> where I'm from. Um, but he started talking about the blue zones, uh, these areas of the world where centurions live, where people who live the longest are and what their habits are and what makes them live the longest. And one of the things is walking. They walk daily. They don't necessarily exercise like, like you know, quote unquote, but they walk all the time. I started getting, you know, into the research of more steps, you know, the benefit of walking, the pace that you're walking, it started, you know, I started obviously relaying it more to fitness, but realizing that walkers were people who seemed to stick with it the longest. Let me use an example. I, being, I've been in the fitness industry for 35 years and a lot of times people go, 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 go. And then they hit a certain age and they just stop because they can no longer play ice hockey or they can no longer play volleyball or they can no longer run whatever. And some people's bodies are built for it. They can keep going, but they just stop and they don't value walking. So they just stop. 
Whereas those who took on walking at a younger age and started saying, hey, walking is good for me and valued it and kept it as a daily habit, continue to walk into old age. I know people in their 80s walking daily. So that just started going through my head. I'm like, you know what? Being a walker is not um, an embarrassment. It's actually a badge of honor. And it started kind of becoming part of my platform. Like I'm like, hey, people, become a walker. This is really worth it. Mm-hmm. Can I ask how far your typical, like you say you walk six or seven days a week, like what, what does your walking workout look like? So I usually walk, you know, I, I work out every day. I, I teach fitness classes. I run an online fitness platform for um, streaming workouts. So I do get in other workouts, but I'll walk anywhere from two to like five, seven miles a day, depending on what day it is. If I'm just walking the dog and it's, you know, 10 degrees outside, I might not walk as far. (laughs) If if I'm walking on the weekend with girlfriends and we're chit-chatting, we might, you know, go five miles before we know it. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do you have a favorite walking workout in particular, like something that really you love to do or you, you do often? Well, I've written a lot of articles for all different big magazines and entities and websites about turning your walk into a workout. And, you know, so yes, there's just the walking in terms of being consistent. I've always said, if there is a secret to health and fitness, the secret is the word consistency, because it's not about what you do once. It's not about the fact that you, you could, you know, do this CrossFit workout once or whatever. It's about what you do daily to take care of your body, your mind, your heart, all that good stuff. And so I, you know, I love walking for just the sake of walking, but when I want it to be more of a workout, I use a lot of different things. For instance, obviously pace. I mean, that's probably the easiest one and the one that everyone recognizes most. If you pick up your pace, your heart rate's going to get a little higher, right? From the intensity. Another is incline anywhere you can find. I'm an outdoor walker. I love to walk outdoors. I love treadmills. They're, They're great, but I will always choose outdoor before I go indoor. So incline is terrain, hills, stacks of stairs. In our little community, we always say, okay, we're going to go this way. We're going to take that hill at the end, or we're going to go up that, you know, that stack of stairs. Um, Adding in any kind of calisthenics somewhere along the way, walking lunges, squats, push-ups into a curb or or a park bench, tricep dips. Like you can add all kinds of strength training moves in between walking intervals and kind of call it a boot camp. So the three ways to increase your heart rate, one is go faster. That one's pretty obvious, right? One is a bigger range of motion in whatever you're doing. So obviously you're not going to walk like crazy or anything, but make sure you're taking nice strides. And the third one is get your arms above your heart. Anytime your arms are above your heart, your heart rate goes up. So you could, you know, depends on where you're walking, but you can reach (laughs) your arms up. You can pump them more. Like I said, you could add some calisthenics in and you could turn it into a full on sweat fest if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because I think sometimes I get, you know, the idea of trying to go faster and all of a sudden you feel like you're um in race walking mode, you know, you're swinging your hips and you're really, you know, going for it. How do you pick up the pace like to actually significantly go faster? Well, I noticed, so for instance, on an indoor treadmill, I try to walk around four miles per hour. I feel like that's a really good pace on a low incline grade, maybe somewhere around a one or a two incline and try to maintain that four miles per hour, which is about a 15 minute mile. That's actually hard outside yeah, yeah. Um, to maintain a 15 minute mile and swinging your hips, you know, can end up with some issues with body alignment and so forth. But I guess I just try, I always try to say to people, okay, if there's a difference between window shopping and mall walking, right? right. 
So window shopping means you're strolling along, you're looking in the window. I liken it to people walking their dog. They're walking their dog in flip-flops. They're, you know, stopping every few seconds for the dog to sniff. That's not necessarily a workout. That's just a little stroll. Mall walking. If you go to an indoor mall, I live in Minneapolis, so there are a lot of winter mall walkers. They are moving. And you change your breath pattern from breathing through your nose to breathing through your mouth where you're a little bit more aerobic. That to me is the crossover into fitness. So, you know, when you say, how do you get your pace up? I wear a watch. So I'm always kind of looking at the pace that I'm where uh, I'm going on my Apple watch. I'm paying attention to my breath pattern. And if I, you know, am focusing in on what I'm doing, I'm, I'm paying attention to whether I'm taking breaks or not, like for the dog or whatever it might be. What about the, like the mental side of things? Like how do you stay present in your workout without slipping back into that casual stroll, right? If, especially if you're with friends and, you know, I'm just thinking when I go out for a run, I know I'm running. So no matter what, I'm going to get a workout in. When I'm walking, it's a little bit hard to like, you know, stay 100% present. Do you have any tips for like, you know, staying in, in the mode, in the zone? Well, I would definitely say the more you do it, the better it becomes, right? Like when you first become a runner, it's hard to keep a certain pace, right? You start slowing down. It's the same process of when you're walking and trying to keep a clip. You have to keep practicing it. Sometimes, and I tell people all the time to use a timer on their phone. There are a lot of apps. I use an um, app that basically I can set work to rest ratio. So I might say, okay, I'm going to push myself for, you know, a minute of walking and then I'm going to tailor it back just a little bit for 30 seconds and I'm going to push it again, similar to a, a run, but you're just walking at a faster pace. I also will turn on music that keeps a beat. I think if you have music that keeps a beat, now you're speaking to an aerobics instructor. <laughs> My whole life is a beat. But when I put on music that is at four miles per hour in terms of pace, which is 140 beats per minute, I keep that pace. If I'm listening to a playlist that goes slow and that goes faster, you know how your mood kind of changes sure. with music. I speed up or slow down. If I'm listening to a podcast or a book on tape, then I really use my watch and I just really pay attention to, you know, am I staying on pace? But it, it just takes practice. It's, it, you know, it's similar to running. You have to just, you know, get your mind in the zone and practice it and be consistent and set goals for yourself and make sure you're, you're meeting them. You know, it, it can truly be. Um, not only a calorie burn, you know, what people talk about, oh, but running burns so many calories and with walking, you're not burning as many, but the mental side of it is as good at, as running. If you become a, you know, if you really get into walking, the mental side is as good. And as you guys know, being runners, listen, you can't out train a bad diet anyway. I don't care if you run from here to Timbuktu or walk across the country. If you've got a bad diet, you know, you can't out train that. It's about what you put in your mouth. For sure. For sure. Well, now, well I was going to ask you like what, so, so talk about like, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love to run is that mental high after, right? You know, I don't always right. love to run, but I always love how I feel afterwards. So are you saying, Chris, that it just takes a little time once you get that routine, that consistency and your body kind of comes to expect it, then do you get the same high or is it different or talk a little it, bit about that? It, it's a little different than a runner's high, but yes, you still yeah. can release endorphins and feel super accomplished. Um, and I think something that really changed it was the advent of tracking devices. Yeah. So, you know, before people are just kind of walking, they're going, well, how far did I walk? You know, you could kind of measure it. 
even before apps, you'd know, I'd go out and measure my runs with my car. Yes. Do you remember doing that? <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> oh my goodness. That dates us. You know, once there was tracking devices where you're like, okay, I just took 10,000 steps. Like I feel really good about myself. I think that that's part of it. It's definitely not that runner's high where, oh my gosh, I'm just dripping in sweat. And I, you know, I just finished a marathon or whatever. Listen, I know all those feelings. They are amazing. But I'm here to, to preach that once you become a walker and you start being consistent and it becomes a part of your daily life and it's, I crave it. Like if I don't take a walk, I'm in a really bad mood. I just, I need it. And just being outside, you know, think of the benefits of like being outside in nature, getting your, your blood and circulation going, getting your heart rate up a little bit, clearing your head and being in the present moment, as opposed to worrying about something in the past or in the future. Some of those same things that you love about running are really a part of walking also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. Going back to the workout, you mentioned stacks of staircases. Running coaches, Demi and I often prescribe hill repeats for our runners. Assumingly, the same applies to walking for hills or stairs, I guess, in this case. But as far as getting up that hill or getting up those stairs, do you change your form? Do you change your cadence to get the most out of them? So, you know, with walking, similar to running, you want your shoulders up, back and down. You want your neck relaxed so you're not scrunching through your upper body. You want to use your arms in a nice, a regular, you know, you pump your arms, thumbs up kind of a thing. You want to stand tall. You want your abs tight, pelvis tucked under. You don't want to arch your low back, like all of the things you think of as a runner, but it's not quite as jarring on the hips, ankles, and knees. So, you know, hill repeats are something that I I do as a walker. People go, wait, what? You do what? I go, yeah, we walk up and down this hill stairs. I just happen to have in my neighborhood this stack of stairs and we'll go up and down it. And we're, you know, we'll do it 15 times in a row. And people go, wow, you do? Yeah, because it builds your cardiovascular ability. But in terms of form, like, you know, it's not... I don't know what to really say that. Like, here's the thing I love about walking. Everybody can do it. Like, it's so unintimidating. People are a little afraid of running sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm using good form. I don't know if I have the right this or the right that. Like walking is like, just start walking, just start going. And then after you're feeling comfortable, start to pay attention to your pace, start to pay attention to the incline, start to pay attention to the heart rate, you know, all those kinds of things. But it has so many similarities to running. It's surprising. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, so let's talk a little bit. If it has a lot of similarities, our run, we runners love our gear. So do you need special gear when it comes to a walking workout? Like, I mean, walking shoes used to be a thing, right? Like, you know, like Sarah was talking about, were you talking about you worked at Lady Foot Locker? Yeah, I used to work at Ladies Foot Locker and I sold women's walking shoes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it, but go ahead. If you're a walker, these are the shoes for you. We were saying Rika, wasn't the Rika? Rika, Rika, yeah. yeah. In the day, um, so yeah, I don't. Know, I, guess- I mean, shoes. I mean, we I've seen a lot of like articles about Nordic poles that have the you know the rubber tips instead of like the tips that you would use for hiking. Do you use any of those? So you know that's funny about the walking shoes. I remember that also back years, and I remember Lady Foot Locker and the Rika <laughs> and the whole thing. Um, that was just great marketing. That's really great marketing, you know. And but. I use running shoes. I use Hoka's. Uh, I, I just love them. And I think that running, you know, again, running and walking have a lot of similarities with the foot strike, the way your foot comes down and just all of the same things with less impact on the joints, obviously. 
So I still think you should always have a good shoe, but I prescribe to people get a running shoe for walking. The Nordic poles are awesome. I see a lot of older people and I use the word older gently because (laughs) what is older anymore, but using the Nordic poles because they're good for balance. So like somebody like my parents in their eighties, the walking poles are really great. My mom actually was using them on a trail near their house because it was gravel, which is a little, you know, harder for uh, seniors. And it just kept her balance from side to side in her 80s. So, you know, they can be useful. Uh, Nordic poles are great for hiking. I have lots of friends. I'm a big hiker. We spend the winter in Arizona and I just love it. And the, the poles really help you when you're dealing with terrain and ups and downs and so forth, or some sort of surface that is, you know, gravelly or dirt or anything like that. But just much like runners, carrying a water bottle, you know, having the right gear, whether you're wearing a waist belt or you've got something across your body, having a hat on that wicking moisture, very, very similar in nature to the same things you do with running. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One question, because I see this a lot um, or not a lot, but I see it enough in my neighborhood to notice it using like weights around your wrists or weights around your ankles when you're out there, not running, they're walking. And I'm just wondering if that, to me, that feels... I don't know. Tell me what you think. My <laughs> personal opinion <laughs> as a as a trainer is they're not effective. They, they really don't do enough to make it worth your while to strap those things on. They're also around a joint. Yeah. And so I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's great. Idea. If you really want to add weight, because obviously the more weight you have, like for instance, when I walk or with my husband, he always burns more calories because he weighs more than me. He's got more mass to move through space. So I would, I recommend to people a weighted vest. If they want to wear something with weight, put it around your core so that it's evenly distributed, not hanging off your joints. But honestly, the benefit from doing that is so small that, you know, it's like, I wouldn't recommend it. However, I do know people are training for long hikes or walks and then they're going to wear like a backpack because they have to carry certain things with them. And you should always train with what's, you know, kind of look at it as your dress rehearsal for whatever event you've entered. So in that case, I would recommend practicing with whatever you're going to have on your body. Mm-hmm. And you actually bring up a good point there because as runners, we always have these big goals. Like I mentioned to you earlier, I'm training for Twin Cities Marathon. As a walker, you can still have big goals. Like you could choose, like you said, a hike or a long distance walk. Absolutely. And honestly, like it's like mileage too. Like if you research, again, I go back to the blue zones. If you research some of the things that Dan Butner reported for these people who live in these areas where they're living these long lives, they're eating really healthy, they're thinking, you know, mentally positive, and they're walking daily and they're adding up their steps. And I know a lot of walkers keep track of mileage where it's like, I'm going to put in, you know, X amount of miles per week. Uh, Much like a runner, you keep track of the mileage on your shoes, right? To say, how many miles have I put these shoes through? You can set goals for there's tons of 5Ks and 10Ks that involve walkers. I honestly, I will literally say the biggest thing for runners who walk is the identity crisis. <laughs> it's it's becoming okay with saying I'm a walker, not a runner. And it was not easy for me. It took it took a while before I was like, okay, I'm a walker. Yeah. Totally. All right. So we have some questions from our AMR community that we, we want to ask um, you, Chris. So two women, Tracy and Stacy, both asked about form. Tracy said, I added walking into my running intervals 
but I walk at a comfortable pace. I find if I walk fast and my stride lengthens, I end up with soreness in my knees and heels. And Stacy has a similar sentiment, mentioning that hard walking often leads to her shins getting sore and her ankles hurting. So is that a form issue or do you recommend shortening the stride or walking at a higher cadence? Or can you talk a little bit about that? They're probably going at a bigger stride or longer stride than their run, right? Yeah. They're probably taking a shorter stride. So again, it's something new. Think about anything you do new that you haven't done before, you often end up sore, right? You're, you know, I look at bikers who bike, bike, bike tens of hundreds of miles. And then they come to a class of mine and they do the squats and they can't walk the next day. It's just because <laughs> it's new and it's different. So your walking stride is going to be different than your running stride. So it's possible that you're going to feel some soreness or, you know, aches and pains from it. I do recommend not overstriding, just like running. You don't want to overstride and overstretch. You don't want to overheal strike. You, you don't want to overdo anything. You want to try to just feel like you're naturally walking and use your arms, use your body to pick up your pace. Don't try to take bigger steps to pick up your pace, but actually, you know, use the momentum of your whole body. Also, you know, keep your low back from arching, keep your pelvis slightly tucked in. You got your abs tight, you're standing tall. Those things all matter also. Our next question is from Lorinda, and she says that I'm usually on some kind of running or triathlon training program, and I don't really quantify my casual walks with friends, whether they're fast or slow. Should I add these walks into my total mileage for the week? Because you know we love keeping track of our mileage around here. (laughs) Right. So I say yes. I mean, it's mileage. It's steps that you took. You know, are you going to start computing the steps you take from your kitchen to your bathroom every day? Probably not. But if you went out for a walk, to me, it counts. Now, if you are doing certain training for a certain race and you've got to get your heart rate in a certain zone for a certain number of minutes, or, you know, it's probably not going to equate to some of those things, but as overall mileage, heck yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, and we just, I, you, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but let's just refresh here. Chris, Karen and Phyllis both bring up the challenge of getting their heart rate up when walking. So again, you had, you, you, you pointed out those three ways to do it. Increase your speed, put your arms over your head. And what was the third one? I can't range remember. of motion, but range of motion. Those, those are just the three ways to increase uh, heart rate. I don't necessarily recommend those all for walking. I'm just okay. mentioning that there are three ways to get your heart rate up. So okay. you can either go faster, which is what most people do when they run or they walk. You can make bigger range of motion. You can make your squats deeper. You can make your knee lifts bigger, or you can take your hands up and down over your he- head and you are going to get your heart rate up. Those aren't necessarily what you want to do when you are walking or running. Okay. But I, I mentioned those as the three ways to get your heart rate up. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so if they really, what they need to do is work on that speed, but just again, like no, realize it might take a little time. Yeah. And like all forms of exercise, what I always tell people is you bring the attitude and the effort, like you have it's, it's attitude and effort will, it will equate to intensity most of the time, you know? So if you want something to be more intense, it's about you trying hard, right? Okay. I got to try a little fast. I got to move a little faster. I got to open up my airways. I got to be thinking about what's happening here and picking up the intensity will in, in turn typically increase heart rate. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, you said you don't love the treadmill, but when the winter is coming, you got to get on the treadmill. Deanna's asking about varying the incline on the treadmill when walking. Is that something that you recommend? It's kind of playing around with incline to get a workout in. It's so great. Yes. Incline is so underrated. It gets your heart rate up. And if you're a walker or somebody who needs a rest from a run day, do a 
hill workout while walking and man, will you feel it the next day? Um, we actually have some treadmill workouts on our app, the one for streaming workouts. And we, the most popular workouts are our, um, hill walks, the ones where we do intervals going up and down incline basically. And holy moly, they will get your heart rate up. What kind of incline, like uh, talk about the percentage that you, I mean, can we go up to 11, 12? Um, oh, happy. oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But of course, always, you know, allow yourself to be a beginner, allow yourself to be, uh, you know, get started somewhere. Anytime you're doing anything new, it doesn't matter what it is. You should ease into it just to make sure that your body acclimates properly. So, you know, start with a lower incline and move up. Typically when I instruct an incline workout, I talk more about perceived exertion, and less about getting to a certain number incline because everybody's fitness level is different. So I'll talk about getting up there to your seven, your eight, your nine, and your perceived perceived exertion, how hard you're working. And that incline might be different for everybody. Yeah. Nice. I have to say just before we got on, I was on Strava and one of my friends who's training for some really hilly ultra run was doing 15% incline. I didn't even know it went up that high, <laughs> like 15 minutes per mile at 15 minutes. Um, Holy moly. Yeah. That's amazing. She's another, she's a, you know, she's a very good runner, but I was like, wow, that's some, uh, that's some incline right there. Right. Right. Yeah. So really you've touched on so many things, Chris, but is there anything else that you wanted to share about you know, leveling up your walking workouts or just about walking in general that you haven't already mentioned? Well, I'm just passionate about the fact that walking actually works. And I think it's really hard for people. They discount it. Like you guys are saying, eh, is it really worth it? It really is because as we all know, you know, physical fitness, it's great, right? I love to exercise. It's been my passion forever. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, one of the things people are looking for nowadays is be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want my mental health to be good. I want my heart to be healthy. I want my muscles and my joints to be healthy. I want to live longer. I always say, I don't want just more years. I want good years, <laughs> you know? And so when that day comes where you go, you know, I'm not running anymore. It's too much on this or that. Do not discount walking. Start walking and take it into your old age. It's, you know, it's truly amazing what it can do for your mental health and your physical health. And yeah, it might not be a, you know, the craziest workout you've ever done, but it's still super valuable. And once it becomes a part of your habitual life, it's it's pretty amazing. And you can be hashtag hot grandma walk. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody at hot mom walk, we can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Not just hot girls, we can hot mom, hot everything, because I think it's you're you're such a shining example of how you can, you know, roll with it and make the best of it and still lead this really wonderfully healthy life. Well, and I, I think for some of the runners who might be listening, you know, I think we all go, one of the stages that I went through was I, I identified so much as a runner and I did races. And so I just felt like, so, um, I would like look at other people and be like, oh, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I can't run anymore. And they're so much better than I am. Oh my gosh. They're so much better than I am because they can run. And how is it that I'm in this industry and I can't, I, I don't run anymore. Like this is horrible. And I had to go through this whole mental thing of like walking is great. And I do all kinds of other workouts. Like you have to figure out your own body. Not everybody can do everything, right? Certain things work for other people. And so go with what works for your body. 
and can carry you into that old age and just be proud of what your body can do. And the other thing I always say too, is especially if you wake up stiff and sore, which I think a lot of runners do, (laughs) any of us as we get older, I always say motion is lotion. Remember when you are stiff and sore, any kind of movement, motion is like lotion to your joints. It gets the synovial fluid moving in your joints. So if you're having a day where you're like, oh, I'm not going to run today, just go for a walk. Get those joints moving, get the fluid, synovial fluid moving through your joints. You'll feel so much better. I love it. Wow. Wow. Well, Chris, you are a ball of energy and so much good information. I'm going to, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't like 97 degrees here right now, I'd be like, I'm going to go out as soon as we hang up <laughs> and go for my walk. But, um, but tomorrow morning we'll be out there for sure. So thanks a lot. And thanks for sharing all your expertise and wisdom with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 